Uh, glad you're here for week two of It's Time. Come on, look at somebody next to you and say, it's time. it's time. It is time. It's time. Now look at your other, your second choice that you didn't want to say that to and tell them you look good this morning. Tell them you look, give some, give some compliments. And hey, while we're giving out some compliments, hey, would you put your hands together and welcome all those joining us on Facebook Live. Welcome. Glad you're here. So excited. If you are watching, share it with uh, your friends. Let them know and jump in today with us in this second part of a message called It's Time. Last week, Pastor Bubba did a message called The Light is Green. And uh, this whole series has been built around this idea that we all know areas of our life that we need help in. We all know things that we should be doing. But we really kind of just need something or someone to kind of come behind us and give us a little honk, honk. And so that is what this series has been all about. Um, Pastor Robert did a phenomenal message last week. Come on, how many enjoyed last week's message? Talking about just letting go of things from 2019, coming into 2020, ready to go. And so today, the title of my message is, it's called, It's Time for a Checkup. Now, I don't know if any of you have young kids and you watch Doc McStuffin. Any McStuffin fans in here? It's time for a checkup. Okay, um, you can go watch it. All right, so I, I, I'm... I'm I love where we're going to go today. I actually, I had this message somewhat um, built out three months ago. Um, I've been waiting for this series to bring this message today and, and just so excited to come back and, and get us to a place where we, we do a little checkup and see. Now, just by a show of hands, how many of you hate the dentists or doctors? Do you hate going to the dentists or doctors? Okay, good. I'm I'm in good company. Okay, so um, I, I, there was a little bit of a season for myself where I didn't go to the dentist. I'm just going to admit it. Anybody, it's been a little while since you've been to the dentist. Raise, okay, you don't have to raise your hand. That's nasty. Okay, y'all, it's gross. Just kidding. So uh, some of you are like, that's what I smelt. Um, so there was a little bit of a season and uh, a, a a couple months ago, I, I went for my, my dentist checkup, and I, and I got there, and, uh, you know, the dentist comes in, and she goes, you know, how you feeling? Everything, all's good? Got any pain? No. Anything bleeding? No. She's like, you're good? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm great. I, I think this is going to be a great checkup. So, you know, they do all the x-rays, and they do the cleaning, and, and all that stuff, and then, uh, and then she comes in after her assistant does all that, and she sits down, and and when they sit in the chair, I'm just letting you know, it's not good. It's not good. She sits in the chair. She, she pulls up. Look at this right here. This is me right here. Look like Maverick on Top Gun. And um, this, was, this was actually my second trip because she proceeded to tell me I had two cavities. Two cavities. How many know when you hear those words, you're like, no! I, 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 was, I was so upset because I was like, this one's going to be a good one. And uh, sure enough, I had two cavities, and they were right by each other. And so she's like, you're going to have to come back in a couple of weeks. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll numb you up. And I, I don't know if y'all are ever like this. They don't numb you up enough. Like, I always tell them, like, can you knock me out? Like, anybody, anybody not like needles? Like, I'm not a big needle guy, and then they're numbing me up. And so, like, I went back for this one. And I was, man, I was so depressed because, one, I was going to have to go through a cavity feeling. I was going to have to hear that terrible Come on, how I many you know? It's like at an octave where your brain is like twitching. Y'all know what I'm saying? Which is why I have the headphones on. Uh, then there's, then on top of that, I got to pay for it. Come on, how I many you know? That's frustrating enough. And, and, and so it was, just, it was just extremely frustrating. 
But then I walked out of the dentist, and you know what? I said, but I am grateful. I'm frustrated, but I am grateful because at least she didn't tell me I have two root canals. I mean, if I would have left them, it could have gotten real bad real quick. And then my wife went back like the next week, and then they found out that she had two cavities. I was like, this is like cavity central at the belt home. Like, everybody's got cavities. And so teeth is just, I, I, hate, I hate checkups. But checkups are designed to, to hopefully be preventable. They, they prevent future bigger issues. But, but how many know that that's usually not the case for us? And so I, I want to share a word that I've kind of just been pondering on for a couple months now. I heard this word. I had to go and quickly go and look it up. And I think it's going to apply a lot to what I want to share today, today, today and that is the word entropy. Everybody say entropy. 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 It's, a, uh, it's like a mechanical term, and this is the definition of entropy. Entropy is a gradual decline into disorder. A gradual, that, and that's huge there, a gradual decline into disorder. This is, let, me, let me go ahead and just give you the very simple definition of what entropy is. Entropy is this. If you leave something to itself, it doesn't get better, it gets worse. If you leave something just to itself, it doesn't get better, it gets worse. Like, let me give you, for example, like, if you leave your body to itself, come on, you get one of these, all right? If, if you leave a garden to itself, it doesn't get better, it gets Anybody had to weed a garden or, or trim a garden? We have a house in Jennings. Like the whole thing is <laughs> overtaken. If you leave a pool to itself, anybody got a pool? I did that. Lindsay and I, the first couple of years, the house that we have has a pool. And the first couple of years, I was like, you know what? The winter, it's all big. No big deal. It's going to be okay. It was black. It turned into a pond. There's turtles and other animals in there. It doesn't get better. It gets it doesn't get better, it gets, it gets worse. And so if you leave something to itself, you put a banana on a table, doesn't get better, it gets, it gets worse. The same principle, though, is not only just in dynamics and in mechanics, that same principle is also a spiritual principle, and it applies even in relationships. In your relationships, if you do not tend to your relationships, your marriage, your family, your kids, they don't get better they get, they get worse. Reminds me of a story of a couple that had been married for 60 plus years. And, and just to say kind of the romance had kind of gotten out of the, the marriage is definitely easy to say. You know, they had just gotten in the monotony of the day to day. And so one day the husband's sitting on the couch and the wife is feeling a little frisky. And so she steps in the living room and sits by her husband and snuggles up next to him. And she hasn't been frisky for a long time. And, uh, and she starts nibbling on his ear. Come on, y'all can imagine that thing drooping down, you know. Just get, yeah, just, just a little nibble. And he gets up real quick and he walks out the room. And as he's walking out the room, the wife goes, babe, did I offend you? He said, no, babe, I'm going to get my teeth. <laughs> that's funny, that's funny, I don't care. I was going to call this message, I got to go get my teeth, but I didn't. I decided against that one. I decided against that one. So, so here's what I know, okay? Because I know myself well, and I probably know you well enough. Most of us don't go for the checkups until it gets really bad. Can we all agree? Like, most of us don't go to the doctor 
We know we're supposed to do an annual checkup or six-month checkup or dentist checkup, however, that most of us don't go to those. If we feel like we're doing okay, like I did, I feel like I'm good, like nothing's bleeding, I'm all right, there's no major pain. We, we bypass the checkups and we usually don't go until things are at their worst. Like we don't go to the mechanic and get the tune-up and the oil change <laughs> like we should until like there's smoke. <laughs> You're like, ah, okay, now I need to go. We, we don't go to the counselor. People don't usually call me for marriage advice when their marriage is good. They call it when there's like, hey, we're on the brink of, like that's, that's when we go. And, and, I, and I'm here today to tell you that if you're, if you're not careful in, in your life and in my life, we can experience entropy. Any of y'all have ever said this, maybe verbally or internally? I'm just not as close to God as I used to be. Any of you ever felt that? Like, I'm just not as excited and as impassionate for God as I used to be. It's like we, we just don't realize that this gradual decline into disorder happens not only in nature, it happens relationally. It happens in marriages, it happens in friendships. And if y'all have friends that at one time you were best friends and now you rarely talk to them. Yep. Marriages that were on fire. There was a lot of romance and a lot of chemistry, and now it's just like we're, we're just kind of roommates. That there was times in our lives where we were so fired up and passionate about God, and we talked to people about God, and then it's now it's like, I can't even muster the energy to get to church. What is it? It's, it's entropy. The New Testament church experienced this exact same thing. And Jesus has a, hey, it's time for a checkup kind of conversation. So, welcome to Dr. Belt's office. We're going to have a little checkup today. All right, we're going we're to sit down and we're going we're to do some evaluation on the areas of our life with where we're at. And I want us to look at this New Testament church. This is the Ephesus church, by the way. And this is what God says to them. He gives a vision to John, and John shares this. It's the church, and he says this. Watch, watch what Revelation 2, verse 2 says this. I, don't know all, I know all that you've done for me. You've worked hard and you persevered. And I know that you don't tolerate evil. I may say that's a good thing. You don't tolerate evil. You're passionate about, about not making sure that there's evil amongst your midst. You, you've tested those who claim to be apostles. You've proved that they're not, for they were imposters. Watch the next verse. I also even know how you have bravely endured trials. For some of you, if you were to describe 2019, it was a year from hell. You've walked through trials and hardships relationally or physically or maybe even spiritually, and God's telling them, listen, you, you've bravely endured those trials. You've even battled persecutions because of my name, yet you've not even become discouraged. Like, like you've, you've kept your faith in these things. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm applauding you. But then verse four says this, but, but I have this against you. Everybody say this with me. You have abandoned the what? The passionate love that you had for me at the... At the beginning, like, you're doing all the right things. You're doing all the right things. And you're going to church, and uh, you're making sure that, that, that the people that are fake are not a part of that, and you're, you're, you're braving persecution, and you, you're walking through trials, and man, I'm so proud of you. But I got one thing against you. You're just running through the motions now. You're just doing the same thing over and over again, 
and you don't love me like you used to love me. Like, like how you used to love me, you're, we're, we're not there anymore. You were on fire for me now, and now it's just kind of like a little dwindling little flame. This is kind of what he's saying. Like, you know all the right things to do, but you've lost why you do them. Like, you're on the dream team, and you're serving, and you show up to church, and, you know, you're, you're giving, and, man, you're, you're doing all the right things, like, outwardly that people would go, man, that's what a Christian looks like, but there's something missing. The why is, is missing, and so today, I, I want to help us go there. I want us to help us look at that. I'm dedicating this message to every person that's been in this room that's ever felt stuck, that's ever felt like... Or maybe as you've walked into 2020 and people are going, this is the best year, this can be the best year, you just feel like, I just don't feel it. I just don't feel it. I feel stuck. I feel like I, feel like I don't hear God. I, just, I don't feel like what I used to feel. And for those, it, it's so easy. If you follow Jesus for a duration of time, I'm just telling you, it, th- that passion has to get re-put back up. This is what Romans says. I, I love how Romans puts it. Romans uh, verse 12 says this, never be lacking in what? In zeal, another word for zeal is, is passion. Never be lacking in passion. Watch this. But keep your spiritual, what? Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Why, why would Paul tell the, the Roman church this unless he knew that there's the potential for you and I to lose our passion and to dwindle in our spiritual fervor serving God? This, this happens in the New Testament church. This happens in us. So today, I want to I wanna invite us into the, the room and say, okay, what, what do we need to do to get spiritually healthy? What do we need to do to make sure that, that here, here's, here's my, my desire for 2020 for our church, that the passion that you have for Jesus in January of 2020 is not greater than the passion you have for Jesus in December 2020. I pray in December 2020, we are more on fire for God than we were in January of 2020. How do we make sure that we're just as passionate and even more at the end of the year as we are at the beginning? Because how many know it's easy to start something? It's a whole nother thing to finish. It's a whole nother thing to finish. So, you know, one of the joys that I get to do is I, I have three boys. Two of them are uh, junior high, high school age, and, and so I get to hang out with a lot of their friends as well, and, and I, I hang around a lot of um, older teenagers and younger 20-somethings. I have a passion for that age group as well, and so um, mentoring and discipling a lot of those guys. As a father, the cool thing is as a father, you can say things to them that you would like to say to other people, but because of their age and your age, you can just say it. Like, that's stupid. Don't do that. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Any parents in here of teenagers? Like, don't ever do that again. That's, that's stupid. Don't, don't stop that. Quit that. You need to do this. Okay, have, do you have a plan for this? Okay, tell me where you're going. Okay, don't worry. I'm going to track where you're going. You don't even have to tell me. I'll know exactly where you're going. And I'll track how fast you're getting there. Don't worry. I got you. Come on, how many of you know? The age of parenting now has changed due to technology. And so there's just things that, that, that if I think it, I can say it a little bit just because of the age gap that's there. And so... Today's message is, is kind of like, if I could tell the church what's been on my heart, I would want to tell them. So I'm going to tell you what I've really been thinking. 
And, and how do we make sure that we do So I, I'm not going to say it like I say it to them, but I am going to tell you how I feel, okay? So, so if I was sitting down with you at coffee and I was having this conversation with you, these are some of the things that we would kind of talk through. If you feel like, man, I'm stuck. I feel like I'm not really hearing God. I feel like my, my passion for God is dwindling. What, what do I need to do? So I, I want you to imagine we're, we're sitting down at Java Jolts enjoying some coffee together, and this is kind of the, some of the conversation that would go. So the first thing that I would say is this, is that it's time for us to take control of my schedule. It's time for us to take control of our schedule. Uh, I think for many of us, our life is out of balance. Like you're just doing too much. Like you're just doing way too much. You're saying yes to a lot of things you should be saying no to. You're saying no to things that you should be saying yes to. You're burning the candle at both ends and you're not as bright as you think you are. You're just not. Um, I think the beginning of the year is a really healthy time for us to reevaluate our life. So I've been on vacation the last two weeks, and it's been a, a great time to kind of disconnect and, and just kind of reevaluate a lot of things, reevaluate where I'm at in my health and physically, in my marriage, in my family, um, our church, where things are. And we need to kind of do that individually uh, and as a family. We need to just kind of evaluate, what does my, my schedule look like? This is, this is what God's word says. Watch, watch what it says. <clears throat> Can you put that verse up for me? It says, Ecclesiastes 4, 6. Better is what? Everybody say that. Better is what? One handful with tranquility. Another word for that would be peace. Come on, how many want more peace in your life in 2020 than you did in 2019? Okay, here's, here's how. Better is one handful with peace than two handsful with toil. Chasing after the wind. Like, we, we're, we're, we're wanting more. We live in a culture of more. Here's, here's the definition of happiness in the American culture. Ready? More than I currently have. Our definition in the U.S. You want to be happy? How do you get happy? Well, I just need more than I currently have. So I need more money. I need more relationships. I just wish I had more time. I wish I had more, more stuff. I wish I had more this. And so we are, we are grasping for more and more things. And the problem is we're more and more stressed. More people are taking antidepressants right now than ever in the history of the U.S. More people are having issues with sleeping now than they have ever had in the U.S. More people are, are battling loneliness and depression now more than they ever have in the U.S. And I think a lot of it is because we have not managed and evaluated our schedules. We've said yes to a lot more and more and more and more things. And so this is what he tells us. And if I had a chance to sit down with you at coffee, the first question that I would ask you is, tell me your schedule. Tell me your schedule. Tell me, tell me what your week looks like. What does your days look like? How are you spending those? We've got to begin to start looking at these areas of our life because here's what you need to understand. We don't need to prioritize our schedule. We need to schedule our priorities. We don't need to prioritize the schedule. We need to schedule our priorities. What is a priority in your life? And usually the areas where we're suffering in, whether it's in our health or it's in our family or it's in our walk with God, it's because it's gotten the least of our priorities. We put our priorities in other areas. We're winning in some areas, but we're losing in others. And that's because we have prioritized this over this. I'm going to go ahead and suggest that 2020 needs to be a year that Jesus is first. Jesus is first. 
Jesus wants to be first. He is a God who loves first. He was the first in the beginning. I'll share actually about this tomorrow in our devotional to kick off the 21 days. But there's something about first. What we do first, it describes a lot of who we are. But God is a God of order. And when we put things in order, life just works. Anybody ever had back issues? Like where your like spine was like kind of jacked up or you kind of like had spasms. Anybody have that? I mean, no, it affects everything. Yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about? If you've ever had back issues, like, like you don't want to move, you don't want to walk, you don't want here's, And here's the beauty of it. When you get to a chiropractor, you get the right thing and they get everything in line, how many know it's a lot better? Relieve some tension, relieve some things. Now there still may be some pain because usually when I go to a chiropractor, they're like, this is going to hurt. <laughs> and it usually does. But it does help down the right. And this is a part of that, getting things in line, getting the priorities in the right place. Watch what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah says it this way. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the what? For the ancient paths. There's some things that have been done over decades and centuries and years that, that are the right ways. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find what? rest for your souls. You're going to find some rest. So 2020 is a year where we're, we're going to begin to put some of this stuff into place. And, and I believe we, we need to give God the first. Most of us are not living our best life because we got things out of order. Got to put God where he, where he needs to be. So practically, let me tell you how this works practically, is you need to, you need to go scriptural before you go digital. You need to go scriptural before you go digital. Before you get on your phone, before you go read, read the news, before you turn on the TV, come on, go scriptural before you go digital. Let, let me help you another one here. Talk to God before you talk to people. How many know that would save you a lot of fights just right there? Talk to God before you talk to people. Hey, if you frustrated with someone, talk to God before you talk to people. Don't send the email. Don't paste the, post the Facebook post, okay? Talk to God first. Ask him, what do you think about this? Let's begin there. Let's put God first. Hey, by the way, we're, many of us are wearing bracelets that say... Pray first. Pray first. If you don't have a bracelet, you can go out there. We have them. Give them away for free at guest services. This is a constant reminder to me. Right before I'm about to do something, I look at this and go, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and it like puts a mute. Or it helps me kind of function some things. Okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for it. Before I make the decision, I'm going to pray first. Before I send the email, I'm going to pray first. Before I say what I'm about to say, I need to, just, just a quick, God, what do you think about this? God, what you, Oh, don't say that, mm, but I want to. <laughs> Anybody been there? Holy Spirit's like, red light. I wonder how much marital stress we would relieve if we would pray first before we spoke first. Pray first, we, we get into this. And so this is why, this is a, a huge reason of why we're doing the 21 days. Now, I will just say this. The only thing that you should be doing before God is getting some coffee. Come on, somebody. The heavenly anointing. Just connection. Just Holy Spirit, Java. Okay, so outside of that. So for the next 21 days, starting tomorrow, January 13th through February 2nd, we're going to spend 21 days. If you're new to our church, we've been doing this for a long time as a church. This has been a staple thing of what we do to start the year off is we give 21 days to the Lord. Now, the one thing that we add in, in January that we don't add in August is in January we add a, a, an element of fasting. I'll talk about that in just a minute in another part of the, of the, of the service, but 
21 days, I want to challenge you. If you feel stuck spiritually, and if you just want more of God than you've ever had, this is the greatest way to get that kick-started in your life. This is the, this is this. 21 days as we go through of really praying and connecting with God. We'll have 7 a.m. every Monday through Friday. We'll have devotionals. <clears throat> Our team already put them all together. We got them all ready. So starting tomorrow at 7 a.m. On, on all of our Facebook pages, but also on our website. This year we're adding to our website because we knew a lot of people are fasting Facebook. And so we put them all on our website. You'll see the, the link uh, on the screen. And you can go there, and we have devotionals every seven days. I mean, every, every weekday at 7 a.m. Um, we're going through the book of John together. 21 chapters in the book of John. So we're going to go through every chapter in the book of John. Did you know you can read one chapter of the Bible in three minutes? Three minutes. Three minutes you can read the Bible. So, Journey, if you haven't read the Bible, maybe this is new to you, start with us. Take three minutes a day. Three minutes. And read through John, tomorrow, John 1. Next day, John 2. We'll, we'll go through this together. And then Tuesdays and Thursday nights, we're going to be up here at 6.30 for a night of prayer and worship. We're going to gather together corporately. And I would, I would love to see this place as packed as it is right now. What would it look like if our Savior's Church committed to pray together? Come on, there's something about praying for. How many know there's a whole other power when you pray together? Pray together, believing, and so we're going to start that. So that starts tomorrow. So first thing I would say is let's, let's look at your schedule. We've got to take control of that. Let me give you number two. It's time to regulate what I allow to enter my mind and body. It's time to regulate what I allow to enter my mind and body. You have three ways to bring things into your body. Your eyes, your ears, and your mouth. <clears throat> and I would say that one of the things that you've got to start doing in 2020 is start putting better gates over each one of those. Because what you are allowing to enter your ears, your eyes, and your mouth is doing one of two things. It's either enhancing your life or polluting your life. There's no in-between unless it's celery or something, okay? It's, it's, everything's got, it's either got benefit or it, it has a lack. And so I, I want to encourage you to begin to start putting gates. So if I was sitting down, yet again, if I was sitting down and having coffee with you, here's the question that I would ask. What are you listening to? And what movies are you watching? And what websites are you clicking on? And, and what are you eating? Because all of that affects everything, how many, have you ever just been like in the holidays? How many of you just ate whatever was there? You just ate it all. And then after that week, you were like, oh, I feel terrible. Anybody, any, come on. Hey, listen, don't leave me up here by myself, okay? You will, if you do not, okay, all right. Right? It's just like, oh, I, I'll just let y'all know, okay? So tomorrow starts 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. You know, one of the things I'm fasting, I'm fasting sh like sugars, like Dr. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Dr. Pepper, and um, I just have to publicly say it so y'all can hold me accountable, um, like candies, desserts. So yesterday, I came up in bed, and I had a little half pint of bluebell ice cream. I'm just letting y'all know. Come on. I had it. I had it. Lindsay goes, you going to eat all that? Yep. I was like, it's like half, half. She was like, I see the top of the spoon. It's not half, half. That's like 90% that's like full. Like, Mind your business, woman. Okay, listen. This is, this is my deal. I need... I need, I'm mourning all the way up to tonight. Okay, tomorrow we'll start. <clears throat> and really, honestly, that's, that's, a, that's a huge part. How many know there's always areas we're overindulging in? Yeah. 
They're just areas. There are areas where maybe, maybe food's not your thing, but maybe social media you're overindulging in. Or maybe movies, or maybe, I don't know, but we're all overindulging. We could all, listen, we could all use detox in some area, right? We could all use some kind of detox. And so I, I love what Psalms 141 says. Watch what it says. It says, don't let me what? Man, I love that word drift. You know what another word for that is? Entropy. Man, don't let me gradually decline. And oftentimes when we see that word evil, you think of like, like evil, evil. How I many know evil is just anything that doesn't please God? So God, just please don't let me, don't let me drift towards anything that doesn't please you. And so yet again, we're doing 21 days of prayer, but we're also doing 21 days of fasting because prayer connects you to God, but how many know fasting disconnects you from the world? So I'm, I'm, I just want to challenge you that as of the next 21 days, fast something you love. Some of you are like, I'm fasting vegetables. No, okay? Listen, <laughs> I'm fasting working out. You know, no. Like fast something you love, like something that hurts. Because there's something that's there that whatever you're overindulging in, you're too connected to. And I think there's a, a, an element of fasting is this. It's not a penance. It's a, I'm separating myself from something I love for something I love more. I want more. So I'm, I'm saying, God, less of me and more of you. So God, I'm, I'm willing to put aside this for 21 days so I can just tune in more. I can get rid of some more of the distractions of my life. And so let me give you the different types of fasting. You'll have this on the website. I think it's in the, in the little paper. If you got this little pra, uh, prayer and fasting guide, it's on there too. You'll see on the backside, it's got different types of fasts. I'll just run, run through it with you real quick. Complete fast is, is, a, is a pretty extreme fast. A complete fast is, is, is liquid only. I would encourage you probably to consult a doctor if you do this one, but it is possible. Liquids only. Then the next one is a selective fast. A selective fast is where you select different things um, in your diet um, that you choose to just withdraw, such as I am, with sugars or different things. This is also where you get like the Daniel fast. The Daniel fast was which, where they did fruits and vegetables, no grains, no breads. I mean, you can choose whatever that lives. Then there's the partial fast. The partial fast is where you choose to fast a certain part of the day, a partial part of the day. So maybe it's I'm gonna fast my breakfast or I'm gonna fast lunch or I'm gonna fast dinner um, or a certain section of the day. And then the last fast is what's called a soul fast. I mean, no, we are a spirit that lives in a body, but we have a soul. And I think if there's anything that needs more de detox, it's this one. So this fast is, is not geared towards food, it's geared towards, how many know some of us could, could use a good time of fasting from social media, or fasting from the news, or fasting from TV, or fasting from whatever that is that's just consuming your life. And so I, I know for me, that's, that's been a part of that, is I wanna start limiting less and less of that. And so you, you need to decide. Let me even encourage you in this. Invite your kids to participate with you in this. So it may be week one, we're going to fast video games. And then week two, we're going to fast desserts. Week three, I don't know. You need to sit down. I would encourage you to sit down with your kids and induce this together as a family. Like, go through this together as a family and figure out what works for you. By the way, there's, there's no condemnation. There's no right or wrong way to fast. This is just, we're going to just disconnect as a family. We're going to, we're going to do this together. All right, so we're going, to, we're going to regulate what we've been putting in our mind and our body. All right, let me give you number three. If I was sitting down with you, the next thing I would tell you is that it's time to organize our finances around give, save, and live. Give, save, and live. 
most of the stress that people are experiencing in their walk is because they don't know how to handle their finances God's way. This is so huge. You gotta understand that when your finances are out of order, everything's out of order. When your finances are not doing well, how many know it affects everything? It affects your relationships. It affects marriages. It affects your health. It it affects everything. And so God has an order when it comes to money. And by the way, this is his order. Give, save, live. The reason why people are stressed out about their finances is because our order is live, save, and if I have anything left, I give. I'm telling you, and it's completely out of order. And because it's out of order, God's not in it. And so I want 2020 to be a year where God is all up in your finances, meaning that we start with give, then save, then live. This is huge. Watch what scripture says. Proverbs 3, verse 9. First two words. Honor God. Honor God with everything. everything. So this is so much more than money, by the way. Honor God with everything, with my time, with my talents, with my treasure that you own. Here we go. This is huge. Give him the first. See the order? See the order? Give him first and So here's what you need to understand. When we give God our best, he blesses the rest. When we give God our best, he blesses the rest. And the problem we're so frustrated with our finances is because we give God our last, and so guess what? We get his least. You give God your first and your best, and he blesses the rest. And and listen, I'm not telling you guys to do anything that myself and Lindsay and our church doesn't do. So, like, I tithe 10%, and actually even more. We've been giving more. That's been our desires to give more and more and more. I save 10%, and I live off of 80. Our church does that and even more. Our church tithes off of your tithe. Everything you give on every weekend throughout the week, we take 10% of that immediately to go to missions and to go to church planning and to help with benevolence and local uh, outreaches and things, all of that None of it can be spent on us. It has to leave. And then I'm really excited to say this year, this year we got really aggressive about saving because we said we're going to be a church that whenever the opportunity comes, we want to have the money ready to go. Let's go. Let's get it. So this year, here's the cool thing. This year as a church, we saved 22% of the finances that came in here. This year as a church, that's really exciting. Did anybody in here save 20%? (laughs) Okay, if you did, come talk to me. Okay, I want to learn some more. This is a huge deal, meaning that we we as a church live on less than 70% of what comes into this church. We live on less than 70%. And some of us need to start getting those things in order where we we put God first, we begin to save, and we begin to live off of what he says. That's why this is huge for us in so many different ways. Watch this. We put God first in the beginning of the year. We dedicate 21 days of prayer and fasting. We say, God, it's January. You're getting our first. You're getting our best. We're going to spend the next 21 days. We put God in the beginning of our month. I'm going to tell you how you can put God at the beginning of your month. Put him first is when, when you look at the month, you, you need to determine where does God fit in this? God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you not want me to do? Schedule God into your month. What does he want you to be a part of? What does he not want you to be a part of? The first of the week. You know how we put God first in the first of the week? You're here. Congratulations. You did it already. You're here. We, we, we dedicate the first of the week to God. 
How many of you just feel better when you go to church on the week and then the rest of the week you're like, okay, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, that's, he blesses the rest. And then listen, we begin the first of the day by going scriptural, not digital. We go to God first. I'm just telling you, these are principles that work. And if you're frustrated, it's usually because there's things that are out of order. He's realigning things. This is the things that we need to do. And then last, number four, is it's time to live my life intentionally. Intentionally. You are, not a, you are not a product of circumstances. You are a product of your disciplines. I'm gonna say that again. You are not a product of your circumstances. You are a product of your disciplines. And disciplines are the daily things that nobody else sees, but over time, everybody sees. Day in, day in and day out, nobody sees it, but over time, everybody sees it. You can tell someone's been working out, not the day after they work out, like, whoo, you've been working out. <laughs> no, it's been months and months and months, and then you go, man, you losing weight? And what you didn't realize is they were in the gym every day when no one was looking, and now everybody sees it. And that, that, that same principle applies in every area of our life. When people come and sit down with me because they got marriage issues, it's not because they had a fight the day before. It's because they've been fighting for years and never want to say anything about it. And because of daily decisions to not get the checkup, and now lead to this. People go into the mechanic. It's usually not just because of something that happened. It's, it's usually daily decisions. We, we're not a byproduct of circumstances. We're a byproduct of our disciplines. You got to live intentionally. You got to live intentionally. I love what Stephen Covey, he said it this way. If we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to keep getting what we're getting. Hey, at some point, you got to get, be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Just got to do something. Got to make a change. You got to make a shift. So how do we, how do, we do all that? Let me, give, let me give you the keys to all of this. Number one, got to have a plan. Got to have a plan. So if we were sitting down, and I said, what do you, you want to see in 2020? Man, I want to love God more. You know, I, I want to make more money. I want to have a great, thriving, healthy marriage. Great. Here's a question that I would ask. Next question I would ask. How? How are you doing all that? Because until you turn your what into how, it's a dream, not a plan. And there are a lot of people who are dreaming of things, but they never get around to actually seeing change until you have a plan. So, so this year was, I'm going to get healthy physically. So it was, my plan was, I'm going to be in the gym three days a week. Minimal. Thank you to the ladies over here because they're there at 5.15 a.m. Am I there all the time? No. I'll go ahead, but I am. Do I want to be? Not at all. But I got a plan. And the other cool thing is, number two, though, this is huge here. You got to have people. You got to have people. So I do know that when I don't go, I'm going to get on a Sunday. Hey, where you been? Mind your business, okay? So, every area in your life that's unhealthy right now, I guarantee it's unhealthy because you don't have people speaking into it. You got to have people. The Bible says this, two people are what? Better. We're, we're, we're better together. They can help each other succeed. If one person falls when he does a squat, the other one just picks him up. Okay, get up. Come on, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you out. But, but someone who falls alone, 
I fall and then I can't get up. I'm telling you, 2020 this year, you're going to fall. You're going to fall. I'm going to fall. I just going to make sure that I got enough people around me. They ain't going to let me stay on the floor too long. They're going to put me back up and say, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You got to have a plan. You got to have people. Ready? Last one. You got to have some power. And I'm not talking about willpower. I'm talking about God's power. Willpower does not get you too far. God's power gets you everything that you need. God has called you and he's equipped you to change and he has empowered you to change. Everything you need is in God. As we seek him for 21 days, watch how he not only changes you spiritually, but he starts changing you relationally and he starts changing you physically and he starts changing you in every area of your life because when you put God first, he gives you everything that you need. He gives you everything that you need. I want to finish today with Revelation's the, the, the next verse. So two and four was, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. I got one issue. You've lost your passion. Verse five then says this. So what do we do, Jesus? Well, look how far you've fallen. And then, everybody say this with me. Turn. Come on, say that one more time. Turn back to me and do the works you did at. Now see this power of first. Hey, just, just go back and let's, let's do what we did first. The other translations, this turn back to me, other translations, that word is what Pastor Boba shared last week. Repent. Repent. It's not a bad word. It's such a great word. Just let's, hey, ready? Here's repent. Ready? This is repent. Was that bad? No. It's not at all. 2020 will be a year of us going, man, I don't like the direction I'm going. Well, here's the cool thing, ready? It's time to turn. It's time to turn. And the Bible says when I turn to him, how many know he, he comes to me? Amen. He comes to me. And so I wanna, I wanna share with Martin Luther King, Dr., Dr. King, we're about to celebrate Dr. King Day. This is what he says, faith is taking a step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Faith is just taking a step. Pastor Josh, I don't know what all, man, I'm just, man, my, my health is terrible, my marriage is terrible, my finances, man, they're all jacked up, I don't know what to do. Hey, guess what? Faith is, we're going to turn, and we're going to take a, we're going to take a step. That's all. And then guess what we're going to do tomorrow? And then guess what we're going to do tomorrow? And I'm going to have a plan, and I'm going to have people, and I'm going to have God's power. And how many know, you're going to see some change this year in 2020. So Father, right now, we dedicate, not only this day, we dedicate this year, to making a turn, to making a turn, making a turn. God, we, we don't want to stay where we're at. God, we want to see progress this year. God, I pray that, that you would begin from this moment forward reviving the spiritual fervor of your people. God, we, we start today by, by repenting, turning from the direction that we were going. God, maybe for people in here, they've They've been self-absorbed. It's been about them and what they want. God, this will be a year. It's all about you. So God, we repent of our own selfishness, doing things our own way. We make a turn to you. Well, everybody's heads are bowed in this moment. The greatest turn that you can make is a turn to give your life to Christ. The Bible it's very clear that, that none of this that we're talking about is even possible outside of a relationship with God. 
But the beauty of a relationship with God starts with a turn. It starts with a, an admittance that I can't do this alone. And that Jesus came and did everything that you and I couldn't do. And that if we will confess him as Lord, meaning we're, we're gonna make the turn and say, you know what, I'm not Lord anymore. It's not about my kingdom, it's about your kingdom. The Bible says if we confess him as Lord and believe in our heart, that we're gonna be saved. If you're here in this room and you've never made that turn to commit Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, I wanna pray for you this morning. You can walk out of here having a relationship with God and knowing that your eternity and security in heaven is there. On the count of three, I want you just to shoot your hand up and say, Pastor Josh, that's me, would you pray for me? One, two, three. If that's you going up all across this room, come on, those hands going up. Anybody else? One, two, three. Anybody else? This is a year of turn. You wanna submit. Anybody else? Four. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I want, I want you to pray this with me, and, and, and as a family, we're going to pray this right alongside with you as we declare this yet again fresh in our heart. If you prayed this countless times, I, I just want this to be a fresh declaration from your own heart. I want you to say this, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it, and you faced hell for me so that I wouldn't have to go. Come on, now say this with me. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Jesus, I place you as the Lord and Savior of my life to be born again. God, you're my Father. Jesus, you're my Savior. Holy Spirit, you're my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name. Amen.